Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Around the Circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk. This is Around the Circle, a crossover podcast with me, Ben Garrett, of the Ole Miss Spirit, OmissSpirit.com and AffiliateOne3.com, and David Johnson of Inside the Rebels, which sounds dirty, a member of 247 Sports, brought to you today by Style Assembly. Guys, Mother's Day is just around the corner. So is graduation. So get your mom or that graduate something special at Style Assembly. Style Assembly is a new women's boutique on the square offering clothes, shoes, purses, jewelry, sunglasses, art, and more. They know all women aren't built the same, so they carry sizes ranging from extra small to extra large. And they also know that all budgets aren't built the same, so they offer a variety of price points. Find the perfect gift at Style Assembly. And the best part about it, women can create a wish list in the store itself or over the phone that's left on file. Then you guys can call or stop by to pick something off the list that she's guaranteed to love. It's a win-win. They'll even wrap it up and have it waiting on you. They also offer gift cards to take the guesswork out of buying. And if you mention this ad between now and Mother's Day, you get 10% added to any gift card purchase. Mention this ad, Talk of Champions. I heard about your style assembly on Talk of Champions. Give me my 10% added to any gift card purchase. Stop by 203 North Lamar next to Blind Pig or call the store at 662-638-3163. That's 662-638-3163 and ask for Kate Newman, the owner. She'll personally help you out. Not knocks for no problem. They ship. Simply call or DM to place an order and make sure to follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Shop Style Assembly. That's Style Assembly. And if you go and mention Talk of Champions, 10% added to your gift card purchase for Mother's Day for graduation it's the place to go. Hurry. You only got a few days left. Go get a gift at Style Assembly. David, what's going on, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. I hear the birds good. chirping again. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in the garden, if you will. Is that where you go to, like, meditate? No, that's where I go to talk to you. Oh, okay. So I got, I got, a, I got a big, fat uh, softball question I got to throw at you. All right, are you ready for yeah. this? Because I, I know everybody wants to know what you think about this. I'm sure they do. Yeah. What What is Mike Bianco's fate at Ole Miss? Oh, my God. Is he, is he going to survive this season? Let me look at this. We're a minute, eight seconds into this thing. Yeah, yeah. Just bringing the That's hammer good. down. I will say this. It's the only thing Ole Miss fans really care about right now. Because I have been asked three times in three days by different people about this specifically. My day stopped to be asked about Mike Bianco. At the T-ball field, yep. taking Riley to, to, uh, coach T- to coach her in T-ball. At a restaurant, uh, a family that I know well, but not well enough to where they stop you. You know when you do that little small talk thing? When you're walking out like, oh, hey, so-and-so, good to see you. And you just keep walking. I got stopped. Yep. They were one of those kind of families. And I got stopped, brought over to be asked about Mike Bianco. All right, drum roll, please. Enlighten us. I think there's going to be a coaching change if it continues like this. I mean, it would have to be pretty okay. drastic. It would have to be pretty drastic of a turnaround for there not to be a coaching change. Yeah, they're, they're, they're certainly capable of doing it. Uh, if they can find some bullpen help, which they haven't yet. I don't know if they're capable of doing it. Uh, I, th- I think they are. It's just a matter of, of if they will. And if they don't, if they fail to go to Hoover, 
There's no real not, coming back from that after you say yeah, in an offseason well, last year that it's about taking Ole Miss baseball to new heights and not to mention the very public flirtation with LSU. And I've said this before. I've been consistent with this. That, in my opinion, was a fireable offense or at least okay, a clean then, break opportunity then, for both sides. Fire, fire Lane Kiffin. It's a little I mean, different, if you're though. Hold that against Mike Bianco. Yeah, but did Lane go uh, and sit down with Miami in Birmingham? Well, probably not. And that's really not how those things kind of play out. But It I did with this it. one because baseball is a little different, a little bit more quirky than other sports. Yeah, but I'm just, I'm just playing the devil's advocate. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, you know, is that a fireable offense? I thought it was. Or at least a opportunity to have a clean break for both sides. Okay, that's fair enough. I think that's fair enough. So if they don't make Hoover, they're by all probabilities not going to make an NCAA tournament. Well, yeah. And at that point, I mean, do you look back over 22 years of Mike Bianco baseball and go – Mike, it's time for us to make a change. I don't know what you do or what the conversation is, but I will say something. I've been asked about this. Do you think Mike will kindly step aside? That is not what Mike Bianco will do. He will not kindly step aside for his legacy, whatever you want to say. Oh, well, it would be best for him. We'll build a statue for him in 10, 15 years. He's not going to do that. He's going to make Ole Miss fired. Yeah, that's and my he'll, opinion. He could he could completely surprise me, but that's just the yeah, sense and, I get. And while Mike may seem kind of old to the Ole Miss fan base, he's not in the coaching profession. Not at all. He'll be coaching somewhere very quickly um, if this happens. And I mean, you know, I don't bring this up willy nilly. I think it's certainly relevant right now, as you said. It's all anyone's talking about. Well, I was curious uh, because so, we were a minute into a podcast talking about birds, and then David comes with violence. Not violence, just something that, that's very relative right now. You're going to love question number two I have for you. <laughs> okay, one, well, here's one thing I want to say about Mike Bianco, okay? Yeah, go. Um, Mike has obviously taken Ole Miss baseball to a more regular, consistent performance level that it hadn't seen probably ever, like as far as consistently performing Certainly. every single year. But I totally Certainly. understand if people are frustrated with 1-22 and 22 as far as Omaha appearances, to be, I can't remember exactly the number, exactly what the breakdown is, but it was something like 1-for-8 in Omaha advancement opportunities. That gets frustrating, and if you believe that this program can take another step with something new, I get it, and I understand if that is something that Keith wants too, because Keith, I think, in a lot of ways, still has an Ole Miss fandom to him, and that's why he didn't, um, roll over the contract of Mike two years ago. And I believe that half measures don't work. If he's your guy, extend him. If he's not anymore, no half measures. Fire him and go do something else. But I think okay. Mike Bianco's a tough, delicate balance. And it just feels like this is the year it's finally all coming to a head. And I do believe that Mike will bounce back and coach somewhere else. But last year, why I say it would have been a good, clean break after the LSU stuff is what allowed him to just take a break for a year, if he could do that. Ole Miss hires his next head coach. Dan McDonald would have taken the job last summer. Hired Dan McDonald, at, at worst, Cliff Godwin. And then, you know, Mike kind of re- rehabilitates his image at Ole Miss. Not that he needs to, because he's got the accomplishments. What I'm talking about is like recently... They just need a break from Mike Bianco. So then Mike spends a year away, coaches somewhere else, and, and never really says anything about Ole Miss, just celebrated for what he accomplished. But now it's a mess because now half measures, like I said, don't work. You have reached a place where everybody kind of sees what's coming and there's no real clean break to it anymore. Yeah, and even even though baseball and football recruiting are different. Very different. You know, baseball recruits, they, they watch this stuff and, you know – they probably realize Mike is not for long, even if he survives this year, he's been here 22 years. So, you know, you start wondering if, if, if you don't start losing an edge in recruiting and then your program starts to go backwards, I get all that. Okay. Let's move on. You said you don't believe in half measures. Mm -hmm. What would you describe what Keith Carter did in keeping Kermit Davis another year? Is that a half measure? Always follow the money. 
Always follow the money. I do think it's a half measure. I, I think it's a half measure. But there's a little bit more of a complicated discussion to be had about this. It's easy to say for me, just a guy that observes, don't do half measures. If your guy, extend them. If he's not, fire him. Ole has a lot of money he's trying to pay out. So I get why Keith did it with Mike Bianco. Didn't have the money maybe to fire him or just want to kind of thread the needle, um, satisfy a, a part of the fan base that was upset about Mike Bianco. Same thing with Kermit. The difference is Kermit's buyout is pretty sizable. Now, if you want to have a criticism and say, hey, Keith shouldn't have given him that buyout, okay, I agree with you. That's kind of the going rate in college basketball these days. The numbers for coaches, it doesn't matter if you're Ole Miss, one of the worst basketball jobs in Power Five. It is. Even with the Great Pavilion, as far as financial support for basketball, like building an NIL uh, collective to try to buy – uh, different kind of prospects like Jordan Addison's leaving Pittsburgh and getting millions to what go to USC in football. Yeah, Ole Miss basketball can't hang that way. They're paying kids, which they've always been doing, but now we can talk about it. Obviously, and Ole Miss is a basketball program cannot compete. Ole Miss football is behind Alabama and Georgia, even Kentucky. But when it needs to be competitive for particular players, like if you had a big swath of players that said, "All right, here's." Six players that you got to pay the X amount of money for. They're never going to beat Alabama or Georgia or Kentucky for that big swath of players as far as competing financially. But if it's one player, they can compete with pretty much anybody when they put their mind to it. Ole Miss yeah. basketball, they are limited in what they could do. But at the end of the day, if you wonder why why Keith didn't make this move, first of all, look at um, the coaching cycle as it was. It would have been a tough coaching cycle for Ole Miss as a school being so bad to make a good hire. Second – Always follow the money. So even though it's easy for Ben the dumbass to say, no half measures, there are real financial consequences to these moves. Millions of dollars. It's easy to talk about, oh, it's only $7 million. That's $7 million. I don't know if that's his buyout. But you get what I'm saying? Like, we all throw around these numbers like it's nothing. Oh, it's, I mean, the buyout's small. It's $4.5 million. $4.5 million. And when you think about what all Ole Miss has come out of since 2016, and the coaches that still paying, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. Or if he felt okay, like he didn't have so, the money after COVID and, and all the stuff yeah. that's happened, you get what I'm saying. So we've got Kermit Davis for at least one more year in yeah. Oxford. And um, Kermit pretty much by himself has been out trying to yes. get transfer portal prospects in, in the building. With a little bit and of an got, assist from Wincase, but yes, pretty much bit, on his own. A little bit. So, so, so okay, Ole Miss on Tuesday – officially signed Theo Aquaba from Louisiana Lafayette. Uh-huh. And I'm just curious, what is your take? How has Kermit done in terms of trying to rebuild this roster with devastating losses? I mean, Jarkel Joyner leaving. I mean, that – I don't think Jarkel is much of a loss, hard. and I love Jarkel. I do think Jarkel's a loss, I don't. man. And I mean, I'll tell you why I don't. Just from – just from – well, okay, do that. But let, right. let me say this. All right. Just from a how you feel about things, the guy that's your leading scorer, yeah, who, who lives in Oxford, Mississippi, I can get that. Got on a bus and left. Yeah, I mean that that's just not good. But go ahead. It's fine. I know Kermit did not want him to leave. He thought he was coming back. But just from purely observational standpoint, the loss of Jarkel as far as the construction of this roster, what Ole Miss basketball is going to be next year, is not much of a loss, because while. He's done fine as far as adding pieces where he needs to. Where Ole Miss basketball takes another step, turns things around, is in two next-level players in Deshaun Ruffin and Matthew Morrell. Both of those players are next-level players. If either one of them, both of them, entered the NCAA transfer portal today, they'd have options from literally everyone. You're talking Kentucky, Kansas, you name it. The only thing, of course, and it's not just a small thing, it's height. But what's keeping Deshaun Ruffin from being an NBA prospect right now is his height. He's only like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, if the kid was six foot, he'd be one of the top players in the country. And he's coming off an ACL injury. Matthew Morrell took a step last year. You could say that it's on Kermit that it took that long to unlock Matthew Morrell. And he still hasn't been unlocked to what his full capability is. If that's your criticism, I agree with you. 
I do. But those two players, they're the ones that are going to have to carry things. So freedom for Deshaun and Matthew Morrell and opening and like not taking away their minutes to give it to lesser players like Jarkel Joyner or Austin Crowley. You need more high upside guys behind them. So Amari Abram is more high upside. He's a freshman, but he has a higher ceiling than what Jarko Joyner was. He doesn't have the production, but if Jarko Joyner kind of is what he is, and he was a terrible defender, maybe you can improve in the margins like that enough to where you're competitive enough to be back on the bubble. The problem is, while he's done fine, not great, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that Ole Miss can't go compete. Ole Miss basketball can't go compete in NIL with good players, the best players in the portal. They can't afford to go do it. So if he's done fine, and Matthew Morrell and, and Jarko, excuse me, uh, Deshaun Ruffin are the program and their development at taking a step, that's the biggest case of turnaround. That's all fine. I can understand the plan. The problem is that the SEC in basketball is really good now, and all these programs that were really good last year have added the best players in the country. Now there's a problem. Yeah. All right, so, so I so think Ole Miss, like some of these players, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I think some of these players that um, Ole Miss fans are down on, which, fine, hey, I get it, feel how you feel. I think some of them have the real potential to be much better than your expectations, but that still won't be good enough because the rest of the league got so much better. That was my question. Bottom line, what's the 22-23 season look like for Kermit uh, Davis? 18 wins. Well, 18 wins and improvement. Yeah. If he wins 18, he's going to be around another year. That's the question. I don't know. That's the million-dollar question. No, 18 he stays. I, I truly believe that. And I like Kermit Davis. I'm pulling for Kermit Davis. You know, I don't cover men's basketball, but, you know, every time I see Kermit, man, he, he's always, hey, David, how you doing? Just the best guy in the world. Look, and, Andy uh, Kennedy was like that, too. What kept Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss without the success of postseason was they never had the bottom drop out. The only time they did was when they had all those ACL injuries. No, all those ACL – well, the last year, yes. Um, All the ACL injuries, the year that Chris Warren, Trevor Gaskins, Zach Graham got hurt too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Every year – what was frustrating about Andy is every year they were in the same place and never got the benefit of the doubt. Now, if you go back and look at it compared to how teams get selected for the NCAA tournament now and look at Andy's resume, about two of those teams, if not three – would have made the tournament with this new criteria. That's neither here nor there. Point is, is that you have to, at Ole Miss basketball, be consistently competitive. No one's saying, hey, make the NCAA tournament every single year. But at least be in the conversation every single year. Whatever that looks like, 18 wins, a win away, like when they played LSU in the SEC tournament, if they win that game, they make the NCAA tournament. And they lost. Jarkel had a heck of a game that day. But they lost. So they end up not yeah, you know, making that, the NCAA. That, that's what I'm talking about. And then breaking through every once in a while, like twice in five that was years. Kind of the biggest snake bite in a snake. And what it just felt like it's a snake bitten year. All the injuries, everything. And they started late. They, they were the last Power Five to start. They lost so much of their non-con schedule. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The Boise State game. Mm-hmm. You knew there was trouble when they lost to Boise. And yeah. How they lost to Boise. Yeah. But um, I always feel like Ole Miss loses to Boise. Well, in basketball, in the Georgia Dome. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Beat the crap out of them, didn't they? Did. Yeah. Well, we pulled away late. Yeah, that's right. That was the first game of the fifteen season, I believe. God, uh, Sugar Bowl year. Seven anyway, years ago, buddy. Yeah, no, six, seven. Getting old. Yeah. So, um, so okay. I, I mean, you know, Kermit Kermit's entering his his next season mm-hmm. with a fighting chance, and he's not done in the portal, right? He's gonna. He's still looking for some help. I think at least one they're going to they're going to keep recruiting whatever opportunities present themselves because outside of, of Matt and Deshaun returning players there's nobody that I think is completely locked in 100% until fall rolls around. Yeah, and we keep hearing rumors about assistant coaches that are coming and uh you well, know he's staff that he's hired. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so um you know, again, I go back to what I said earlier. He's done most of this recruiting yeah. by himself. He really has. All right, let me see here. So Theo Akwuba, who almost officially announced yesterday, um, yeah. I was told that one of the assistants, one of his assistants formerly at Louisiana, Correct. is going to yes. get one of the gigs. And then Stacy Hollowell from uh, Loyola, New Orleans, is going to be in an off-the-court role. I don't know what the other – 
coaching assistant coaching spots can be filled with. I know it won't be Bobby Lutz who was on staff as yeah, an associate AD last year. Davis told us last week that Hollowell was not yet confirmed or official. Um, you know, for whatever reason. And then guess what? The folks at Loyola, New Orleans, they, they don't know anything about it. It's supposed to be coming up here. <laughs> so, oh, okay. We'll yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. We'll see. We, we wrote a story that, um, Hollowell was coming and, um, Get some responses on there. Our writer, Jared Radding, who wrote this story, uh, he gets a call from somebody at Loyola in New Orleans wanting to know what the heck he's talking about. (laughs) And uh, so, uh, anyway, maybe that's changed since then. But, uh, you know, we'll see how this staff rounds out. I don't think he's going to have any, like, home run dynamite hires or anything like that. Those guys probably aren't going to come in here with the situation – as it is right now, but uh, he'll have a good staff. He's a smart basketball man, and uh, we certainly wish him well. Ben, those are the two questions wow. I had for you. Wow. You got anything for me? Let me have it. Had you been, like, thinking about that? We're recording mid-morning. Had you been, like, thinking, oh, I got to talk to Ben in, like, an hour. What can I come up with just to throw his day <laughs> off completely? <laughs> no, man. Actually, it just right off the top of my head, Ben, I didn't put any thought into it. You've been thinking about it yourself, haven't you? No, no, no. A little bit? No. Wondering yourself, no, Mr. The phone rang, and I was like, okay, two biggest issues for Ole Miss, Bianco, <laughs> Kermit Davis. See, I was going to start somewhere that. else. Caesars Sportsbook well, has started. released its post-spring odds for teams' chances to reach the SEC title game. Oh, yeah. And Ole Miss finds yeah, itself. Yeah, 20 to 1, man. Yeah, 20 to 1. I'm reading your story because you tweeted it out, and I clicked on it. Uh, uh-huh. Ole Miss, 20 to 1. Texas A&M, 20 to 1. The third best chance to make the SEC title game in the conference behind Georgia at plus 110 in Alabama. Minus 140. Those are better odds than LSU, Auburn, Arkansas, Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. What are you trying to do? What are you doing? Okay. What do you mean, what am I doing? Ole Miss fans in Atlanta. That's just a touchy subject, okay? And and why give them – it's like – Nobody at Caesars watched spring practice. And it's not that spring practice was bad. It wasn't. The quarterbacks aren't there. The quarterback position is just not where – we all hoped it would be, Ben. And, um, you know, it's a long way until fall camp starts. I disagree. It is. It, it truly is, man. I mean, you know, but. I think it's exactly right now, where Lane Kiffin wants it to be. Well, then Luke Altmaier is going to be your starter, I think. Well, I mean, coming out of spring. But he wants Luke and Jackson on the roster come August. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, I think he's fine. I, I don't. Did. Yeah, yeah. Even Kincaid did. You, with those two commitments they've had from uh, walk-on, preferred walk-on quarterbacks, are you concerned about Kincaid Dent now? Because the deadline to get no, into the portal I, was May 1. I'm not, man. Dent is here, I think. He's an old Miss Rebel. And, uh, you know, I, I really think Kincaid um, thinks he still has a chance for this. But I've pointed out, and I'm sure you have too, Lane Kiffin nor anybody on the Ole Miss roster has uttered the word Kincaid Dent throughout spring ball until Lane was asked a question about Kincaid after the Grove Bowl. So, who asked you know, the question? I, um, Did I think you ask it was question, my David? guy Tyler. I think it was my guy Tyler Comas. But, but anyway, um, yeah. I mean, that's the only time Lane mentioned <laughs> Kincaid from. A week before spring began until the end of well, spring. Well, he's not going to be the starting so, quarterback. No, no. And, and that's what I said. you got to read the cards on the table. I mean, you know, it's Luke Altmaier or Jackson Dart or probably both of them playing through the first four games or so. Yes. And then somebody's going to take over. But what I meant by Caesars not watching Ole Miss practice in the spring is the quarterback play is not going to be on the same level it was in 21. Sorry, but it's not going to Well, I mean, there's nothing to apologize for. I mean, this kind of goes without saying. Matt Corral was one of the most productive quarterbacks in the country last year. Now a third-round pick of the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, third Of course it's not going to be that. Of course it's not. This is Around the Circle, a crossover podcast with me, Ben Garrett, and him, David Johnson, at Rebels247 on Twitter. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement? If you're ever actually going to be able to retire? Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. Thomas can help you out with pretty much anything from mutual funds to employee benefits. Give him a call today at 
662-296-0186 and start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. Let's hear briefly now from a couple of other proud sponsors of the podcast. Ah, it's springtime in Oxford again. Who doesn't love springtime in Oxford? Flowers bloom and the squares popping. Ole Miss baseball, a little Ole Miss spring football. It's honestly one of the best times of the year, so why not enjoy it? See all the beauty that Oxford has to offer in a brand new car, truck, or Jeep. Well, if you're in the market, the only place to go, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford, Mississippi, as Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, this is the only place to go. And when you go, ask for Brian or Mason. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you and take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides by contacting them at 662 662- Two three four eight thousand. That's six six two two three four eight thousand. Twenty two zero one East University Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. What's your take on Matt going in the third round to the Panthers? I was on our friend Jake Wimberly's show on Monday, and he asked me that too. And I will just simply say it was a really bad quarterback class. And what's the one team, the Steelers, made its pick of all of those guys that were virtually the same. Throw them all in the hat, all their names, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howe, whatever. Once you throw all those names in a hat and you pick one, and that was the Steelers' pick, which was Kenny Pickett, it was not a surprise at all that they failed because that was the one team that had to get a quarterback or felt like it had to get a quarterback in one of the first two rounds. And the rest of the teams, they felt they could wait because the real strength of this draft was defensively in the middle rounds. So why reach for a quarterback when you don't have to? Even the Seahawks, who have Drew Locke in there as their quarterback, they didn't feel like they needed a quarterback. None of these guys really moved that kind of needle. They're all projects in their own way. But I think Matt landing there is perfect. I hated to see it because we each and every pick that you don't go is costing you money. And it Sure, but if you perform, you're going to get your – Yeah, but if you get to your second contract, you're going to be fine. Yeah, that's – that that's true. That's that's certainly true. And not that he didn't get a lot of money, but he didn't get a lot, a lot of money. No, but he got decent and, uh, committed money in the third round. I mean, you get pretty much. Oh yeah. Like. Yeah, and I think his signing bonus signing was bonus. north of eight hundred, eight hundred thousand. Yeah, exactly. Yep, there it is. So, yep. you know, so now you got to go do work. And uh, I was happy to see Sam Williams go in the second Heck round. Yeah. To uh, who? To who? David? That was big. Who drafted him? Yeah, My, your Cowboys. I thought Cowboys. about you when it happened. Thanks, as man. Well, but. Uh, it was a good day. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think about you enough to pick up the phone and congratulate you, but I was uh, I was pulling for you, Ben. Thanks, man. To let you, know. you want some trivia but, uh, on this Wednesday morning? Yeah. The last Ole Miss Rebel the Dallas Cowboys have drafted was who and in what year? 
Man, was it Furby yeah. Allen? No. Yeah, that's what. I, no, no, Furby. Furby. Furby was the tight end. That's yeah. did Furby get drafted? I, you know, he may not have. He, he didn't have get drafted. A, on, on you know what's sad? Furby was a really but, good player, and all I remember him for is that drop. Oh, at Vanderbilt, yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, in Oxford, but against mm-hmm. Vanderbilt, He's absolutely. Wild. I was standing on the sidelines that game. Yeah, that that was that was kind of heartbreaking. Alundis uh, Bryce like, in 1995. Alundis Bryce, the man with no ACLs. In 1995. Let me throw something in there. Did you know Alundis Bryce played his whole career at Ole Miss without, I think it was the right leg and ACL? It just didn't exist in his knee. It wasn't there. Was not there. He just did not I have an ACL. That. Did not have. How did that happen? We don't know. And in 95, it wouldn't get diagnosed immediately. (laughs) You know, 2022, no no one's playing without an ACL. Well, he went to Dr. Golly, what's his name? Uh, Not Andrews. No, 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 no. Here in Oxford. Uh, The guy was a team surgeon back then. Oh, man. I don't remember. Surgeon for the U.S. Women's Olympic ski team, all that stuff. But uh, he was examined there, and they discovered no ACL. Good grief. He was a really no good ACL player, too. Due to HIPAA, I'm, I, I cannot tell you who told me that story. But but anyway, yeah, that's what I was told. Now, maybe Alundis can correct the record, but that's what I was told. What is he doing now? How about that? I don't know. Okay. Well, you usually know, like, you have a pretty good idea where everybody is these days. It's kind of just kind of your personality. Well, yeah, Alundis kind of slipped my radar. I have no idea okay. where he's at, but... Man, I may try to find out now. But, Twenty to one yeah. odds for Ole Miss, and you're saying they didn't watch the spring and the quarterback. I get that, but I think that Ole Miss, because of the early season schedule, will be fine. I don't think they're winning ten games, but I think they'll be fine. Well, they're going to be fine. I mean, I could see them starting five and one, six and zero. Oh. They got to handle Kentucky on the front end of that schedule uh, to get there, and then, man, the, it's the last uh, five, six games that scare you to death with them. I mean, because it's, you know, and I don't have a schedule in front of me, but of course it's LSU, it's Alabama, it is Texas A&M, it is Arkansas, Mississippi State, who am I leaving out? Um, Auburn. I mean, it's uh, the back end of the schedule could be brutal. I mean, but, 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 you know, you got to play them all anyway. Might as well play them all six weeks in a row, right? And Kentucky's going to be good. I think I was reading an early – 2023 NFL draft projection from, I think it was Jason McIntyre of Fox sports. He had Will Levis, Kentucky quarterback, number two overall, even before Bryce young next year. I like, you know, when you look at Levis and you don't look at him necessarily as a college quarterback, I like how he can climb into the pro game. I do. I can see that being the case Uh, ahead of Bryce young. Not so sure about that. Behind we'll C.J. Stroud, which I think we all agree, yeah, C.J. Stroud's number one going into next year as far as the pros. Yeah. yeah Bryce well, Jones, like, what, 5'11"? Really? Yeah, probably so. I mean, <clears throat> you know, not that not that height is such a big factor at quarterback in the NFL anymore, uh, but, uh, but it does matter some. It certainly does. So we'll see what happens there. But the Kentucky Wildcats, thank goodness that game is in Oxford. Um, yeah, I'd hate to have to go up to Lexington like we did several years ago. And, and I have, and have never to been to Lexington. Win. Never. Oh, really? Never once. Not even going up there for Rupp. Nothing. Le- Lexington's nice. I've been in Rupp. I have been inside Rupp Arena. Um, pretty nice. And been yeah. inside their old basketball place. What's the uh, football stadium like, though? You know, it, it's somewhat akin to Vaught Hemingway, to be honest with you. Showing his uh, age, but has its moments. Yeah, underneath the stadium uh, is not very nice. At least it wasn't the last time I was there was, oh, man, 2015 maybe. Um, I went with Eli on a visit there, and we watched Kentucky and Georgia play. Um, you know, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very nice under the stadium. Now, they've got a very nice indoor they share with their track team because uh, uh, they're, they're always having indoor track meets there and everything. But um, they've done some work since then. 
So I hope I'm not lying, but uh, seven years ago, it, it wasn't great. Well, I bring up Levis, not just because Ole Miss plays him next year. In that same draft projection from Fox Sports, Kari Coleman, TCU transfer edge at Ole Miss now, was projected as a first-rounder. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But let me say this. Surprising, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Same thing with like yeah. Caesar Sportsbook. I mean, if you look at Kari, he's got a lot of talent. Ole Miss loves him. But last year, had some issues. Didn't have the same kind of production as his first year. And then this year, we don't really know what role he's going to play on Ole Miss football yet on that defense. Yeah, ro- yeah and, and how much he's going to be on the field because Ole Miss is so deep on their defensive line. It's going to be a lot of rotation going on. So, you know, but projections are worth about the price of the roll of toilet paper in your bathroom, especially a year out. I mean, so much. Yeah, but happen, it's so fun. It's fun. Yeah, There's it nothing it's going on right now. Same thing with the Caesars uh, releasing Sports the odds books. on SEC title game. Listen. I just don't think you should get the people's hopes up. Well, that's not that's not how they're looking at it. It's it's, it's about it, entertaining football fans in May. That's, as an as an Ole Miss fan, it's like Morgan Freeman and Shawshank Redemption. Every time he would go in there to have his parole hearing, right? And they always said the same yeah. thing, asking the same question. They always denied him. Same thing with Ole Miss in Atlanta. Don't go in there with hope, thinking, well, if you did just this this year, this is a little different. You know, Jackson Dart, maybe mixing him in with so-and-so, with Zach Evans. Now maybe that's the formula to get into Atlanta. Well, Don't give yourself hope. No matter what you say, the Rebels are going to Atlanta this year. They're going to play you at Georgia Tech. So, you know. They are. Those odds. But that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the SEC championship game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think MJ said it in Spider-Man. If you always expect disappointment, you can never be disappointed. So with Ole Miss in Atlanta, always expect disappointment. And when that one year finally comes, because God willing it'll come, it'll be that much more glorious. That's so sad. Never (laughs) uh, never expect to be disappointed. Or never – whatever you just said was Mm -hmm. very sad, Ben. Was it? I think it's a pretty good, like, approach to life. Always Always expect disappointment and you'll never be disappointed. That's so sad. Is it? Yeah. You're never let down. That's something a communist would think. Jeez, now I'm a communist? Uh, He comes in hot, tearing me up with hard questions about Kermit and Mike, and now I'm a communist. In minute one, it was just, hey, Ben. I'm I'm steering you away from that, that mode of thinking, man. I'm just saying, I get it. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying I get it. And in this situation... With Ole Miss in Atlanta, it's not a bad approach to take. Freddie Mercury would have never written We Are the Champions if he thought like that, man. <sighs> Look, I love Queen. I love Freddie Mercury. Yeah, great man. Great man. Um, we Are the Champions is a shitty song. Yeah, you know, it's one of their worst songs. To one of their worst songs? Yes! It's one it's of the worst. Their best song. I would take Fat Bottom Girls. Yes! Amen. Amen. That's it. Hands down, 100%. Now I'm putting fat bottom girls when I headline this, um, in the headline. But, um, yeah, without a doubt. So, anyway, moving on here. I don't know how you move on. I've been called a communist, and now we're talking about Queen. You are not called a communist, man. thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm glad we could clear that up. Breaking news, breaking news. Ben Garrett is not a communist. Glad we could clear that one up. Good for us. American guy. Thanks, man. As American as apple pie, Ben Garrett. That's all I got, man. I have nothing else to talk about. (laughs) I think we've we've covered it, man. I think we have covered it in this week's episode. (laughs) And uh, hey, guys, we're we're going to continue doing this. We're Uh, enjoying this, and uh, you know, I know it's kind of uh, don't say TOS ish, if you will. But uh, why why is that? Well, but the the other side. Or now the other other side, and you know all Who that. Who gives stuff. a shit? We're, yeah, I mean we're having a good time, right? We, we don't we're compete against time. each other. This is fine. We really don't. We I enjoy don't. talking I mean, to my friend David, who covers Ole Miss. We can talk about Ole Miss stuff. We we do. We we talk so much about Ole Miss. It's, it's we do. absolutely sickening. We don't talk as much as we did when we worked together, but down near it, I mean we 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 still do. We we still do a lot of phone time together. Well, you you said this to me a long time ago. Um, you, if you haven't heard from somebody in a while, it doesn't mean that you're not friends with them anymore. It's that 
you know, as you get older, you got more life stuff. Like I was on the T-ball field for an hour yesterday, right? It's just, you're That's always doing stuff. stuff all the time. Yeah. We, we decided not to play softball this year. We played, uh, we played early spring soccer and honestly the season lasted so long we're kind of worn out. So, uh, Jeez. We're not playing softball right now. First time since she was four, I guess. It's the first sport that one of my two daughters has played where I have not coached their team. Oh, that's tough, man. That's I don't tough. like it. So you're a dad sitting there watching it. Yes. You know you got to keep your mouth shut. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's a difficult endeavor. That's why I think I coached Eli and Sydney and everything uh, all the way up until they started junior high school. I just, I just felt like number one, I didn't want Eli to be the fat kid on the bench, you know, or coach walks out there day one, looks at his kid. <laughs> Eli's done so well for himself <laughs> and he's still, he's going to come and listen to this podcast and go, Oh, dad's still talking about when I was the fat kid. <laughs> God, yeah. dude. So, uh, <laughs> he, he's not listening to anything I say, but, uh, but yeah, that's the truth. And then city city played for a couple of years and then, she decided she wasn't an athlete, but, uh, well, here's the thing about coaching your kids. All right. Every single dad, mom, that is any kind of, uh, sports leaning, any kind of sports background at all feels like they know their kid better and know how to coach their kid. And yes, it's about developing the other kids too, but you coach because you want your kids, they're trying something. You want them to do it to the best of their ability. And the only person that can do that, pull that out of them. You feel like is you, is it misguided? Yes. And typically if it was like, a team that Riley or Gracie was joining that was a travel team, established, a travel baseball team, travel soccer team, coaches established, this is what he does, you would defer more to that person. But all T-ball and soccer coaches in park commission leagues in New Albany and Oxford, Mississippi, they're all the same. They're coached by just normal mom and dads. So yeah, if I see them teaching Riley to hold her hold her elbow up a different way or they're not – Pulling the tee up to kind of let her have a let her have a level swing. I got a problem. You know, and I have an observation to make. You know, when when Eli and Sydney were playing, we were in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, park sports were cutthroat. Okay, you played to win. You kept score. You played to win, and the 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 newspaper covered it. Everybody in town knew who won, knew who lost, and then I get over here to Oxford. And, you know, Tori's playing in the Oxford Park Commission, and it's the exact opposite. We don't keep This isn't about soccer. to be uh, everybody gets a tro- trophy bitching and moaning complaint session, is it? Well, that's kind of what the leagues uh, are now. Oh, 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 yeah, I, I coached Tori's soccer team. We were pretty good this year, but no trophies at the end. I didn't give any trophies or anything. We had a little ice cream party. But um, over in Cleveland, man, I mean, it's, it's cutthroat. I mean, there are there. I've seen fights at the ball field. What's the dumbest thing you're the most cocky about? And what I'm saying is this. All right. I am really cocky about my little park commission girls teams and soccer team while always getting winning and being first. I call myself the Phil Jackson of New Albany Park Commission. We always finish first because I'm competitive scouting. What are you the most obnoxious about that is totally dumb as hell? Uh, playing my guitar. Okay. I, 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 you know, I consider myself, uh, Yngwie Malmsteen and, you know, I, I, but I'm not, <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll, if uh, I got you to come uh, play my 20th high school reunion in two years. Yeah, we could do that. I'm going to have to get a DJ that plays a bunch of like Murphy Lee from 2004, but it's a good thought. I'm just asking if somebody wanted to hire you for something, could you do it to come play something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'd do it. I'd do it. I played, uh, you know, so our band hasn't been, well. You had a band? Together. I mean, like, we were, we were, yeah, we were playing a Ramadi Inn circuit when I was in college. What were y'all called? And, uh, outcast. That was our name. Before, Wait, how can you be outcast? Our outcast stole our name. Andre no, 3000 did not steal your name. We were the original outcast, and then they come along. That's and put not- a K in it. We had a C. But anyway, um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we played, basically funded our way through college. Playing. I think Andre 3000 and, and, and Big Boy kind of stole that one from you, man. They kind of uh, – they, they did. They, did and they, they didn't steal it from you. No, they just they – just, 
They just took it to heights. They they have a more rightful claim, David, to outcast over Yeah, they, they can have it. We're we're not going to get in litigation over that. But uh, anyway, um, so we broke up in nineteen, maybe ninety two. Was it an acrimonious breakup? Not really. Not at the time. Wouldn't it made the I mean, good. It wouldn't made like the Rolling Stones pages. No, no, no. But it was. Uh, it was a little bit heated at the time, and uh, Ooh, drama. I left and I formed a band named Angel Hill. And um, Angel we Hill is that hill is in like the hill of your foot, or hill is like I'm climbing the hill. Hill is in climbing a hill. Um, Angel so Hill. Angel Hill. It was a. It's an old cemetery right outside of Cleveland. But oh. anyway, um, so um, we that was the best band I ever played in from a talent standpoint. I mean. You know, it was it was amazing. But our bass player, right before we were going to play our very first gig, bass player went home for Thanksgiving. He never come back. What? And it, yeah, he never come back. This he, isn't he, an he unsolved mystery, is it? No, no, we know oh, where God. he was. Uh, where he oh, was, okay. Danny Hatcher was his name. Okay. But, but yeah, he leaves school to go home for Thanksgiving holidays. We're playing a big Christmas shindig in December. He never came back. Good lord! So we were without a bass player, and we were like, "Holy crap!" But um, I feel like bass is the a, one. Like, if I wanted to start playing an instrument right now today and learn it as quickly as possible, I could. I think bass would probably be that. Four strings versus six strings, right? It's easier to play four than six. So, boom, yeah. Boom, boom, but anyway, boom, boom. Um, yeah. I need a bass. By the way, I used to have one. I need to get another one. But um, yeah, that's the dumbest thing I'm most cocky about. And we got together again. 2015. Y'all had a reunion door? We had a reunion. Wow. So there was there's an old bar over in Cleveland that uh, we got the owner to let us play there. And, uh, man, we played five or six times between 15 and 17. Um, and then it got to be such a mess. Our drummer lived in South Haven. Um, the bass player lived up in South Haven. Guitarist lived in Cleveland. I'm in Oxford. And, you know, it's hard to find practice time when you're spread out like that. So we kind of gave it all up. But I will say this. We may do it again one day. Who knows? There but, you go. Uh, Just change the yeah, name. The I think, I think Angel Hill. Though. It doesn't work. You don't like Angel Hill? No, no, it doesn't work. We like that. We like that name. But but anyway, so to answer your dumb question. It's today, better than my friend's name of his band. Okay, in college at Ole Miss, I have a friend who played the drums. He was great. Started a band with other Ole Miss students. They were from Mississippi and Georgia, and they called themselves Magnolia Peaches. Oh my God, that's terrible! Thank you, thank that's, you. That's a horrible. It's a horrible name. It's terrible. It's Who can take? That sounds can, like my my wife loves uh, a store called Yellow Lovebirds. It takes me a minute every time because I always want to say Yellow Ledbetter. It's Yellow Lovebirds. It's just like women's <laughs> store. In um, in Tupelo, she loves this place. That's what that reminds me of. Magnolia peaches. I'm gonna go to Magnolia peaches to buy some fragrances. Oh, there'll be an antique store in Oxford next week called Magnolia, Magnolia peaches. peaches. I guarantee you. Awful. That's a uh, that's gonna attract the uh, the 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 middle aged lady crowd and and older. Hey, there's a Love fine it. little niche audience to make some money. So, hey, don't knock those people that create Magnolia Peaches. I appreciate what they're doing. Look, the name you, sucks. I love going antiquing. I love doing I, I kind of do, yeah, too. You, yeah. you put me in a, in a place, uh, man, I'll, I'll, I'll spend all day in, in these, you know, what there's some Magnolia something here in Oxford. And, uh, not Magnolia my, my Peaches. My daughter was the, yeah, it's not that. It's the mustard seed. That's where my, da- my daughter was the assistant manager there for a long time. So Love uh, the mustard something seed. cool would come in. She'd call me, but um, wait, that's like insider trading. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. You're getting the and jump on the rest of us antiquers. Absolutely, I definitely, I definitely did. I, I call it. foul. I call I foul, did. sir. I did, man. I did. Wow. But anyway, and she graduates Friday from Ole Miss. So congratulations! Excited for her. Yeah, my brother-in-law yeah. graduates from Ole Miss on Saturday as well. Oh, good, good. We do Friday afternoon at four. So, yeah, yeah. That's that's better than Saturday. Better. Oh, banking and finance. You know what that's called? David's retirement plan. 
Well, we'll see. She just got a new job. She's, uh, she's worked the last several years at the bank of Oxford and, uh, she turned in her notice there earlier this week and they were great to her. She loved the bank of Oxford. Uh, but she is going to work in the loan processing department at first national bank. So she could is, you have been uh, a loan processor? See, I don't think no, I could have a normal job like that. No, I couldn't either, man. I'm going to tell you, I would, I would probably jump in a Creek if I had a nine to five normal job, you know, me, I'm ADD real bad. I mean, you know, if I want to get up and work at nine o'clock at night, I'm going to work at nine o'clock at night. Yeah. If I want to be up at six thirty, putting notes up, I'm going to do that. I mean, but yeah, if it's two o'clock know, in the afternoon and I want to go hit go a golf fishing. ball, yeah, 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 yeah. Now we we pay a price for it. We've talked about this before, but I think I, mean, I prefer this way. Can, you never can put it down, but you know you do have some level of flexibility and freedom, and that's nice. All right. So I since think we talked about we everything have. in the world. So here's what I'm going to say. We got to go now. We we've talked ourselves out. You asked me but you never answered the question, you sneaky little son of a gun. So What did I not answer? What do you think is going to happen with Mike? Yeah, I didn't answer that. Um you know, minus a surge, I think there's going to be a change made, but I'm not discounting a surge. I could see them sweeping Missouri taking two out of three the rest of the way, looking a lot better, getting in a regional, probably on the road, and uh, and winning a regional and getting back to a super. I could see that happen. But what do you think I'm about – I'm not saying it's going to happen. What do you think about Kermit? I mean – 45 minutes honest, later, you get to, you got to answer this like I did. Yeah, yeah, he's got to I think, – I think what you said, 18 wins – I think that may be a magic number. You know, if you're 18, you get in the NIT, you make some damage inside the NIT. The NIT is not going to calm people down. uh, It may not, but it's progress from where they are right now. But um, I don't know. I mean, I I really don't know. Um, If he doesn't win, he's gone. We know that. Uh, So all we can really do as, as true Ole Miss people is pull for him. You know, you pull for them to win every time. And uh, I feel like he knows that happens. too. I'll just put it that way. He, he knows. He knows yeah. it too. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, David. I appreciate it. We'll do it again. Sounds good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.